0: I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. No, no, this no, is no. going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I will bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Jerk with the back. And welcome. You are locked on of Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, who would never blow a lead in the fourth quarter. What you got for me, Isaac Harris?
1: The Mavericks would never, right? I mean, that's just not their, uh, not their no, thing. No, you wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. The Mavericks <laughs> did, but you would never. Giannis wouldn't. No. <laughs> um, this loss sucked, and... I went back, I've now watched the final four minutes, three minutes of this game, um, like three or four times now. I just went back and watched everything, every possession, every interaction, everything about it, and um, frustrating. Another clutch loss for the Mavs, a chance on a day when the Rockets uh, got beat by, what, 20, 30? Got absolutely destroyed by Orlando. Yeah, by Orlando. And now, you know, if the Clippers are separating themselves as the two-seed in the Western Conference, which, you know, they're not. They're still right there with Denver, basically. Only one game. Uh, Yeah, so, but anyway, I thought this was a time to, you know, win this game. Kind of steal it a little bit, you know, shorthanded. Indiana was missing Malcolm Brogdon, you know, some guys too, but still, um, Mavericks should have won this game.
0: Yeah, so on today's show, we will break down the Mavericks' 109-112 to loss to the Indiana Pacers a lot to break down in that game. Just so many things to break down in this game. Um, the end, the final three minutes, like Isaac said, we'll get into that in just a minute. We'll talk about Luca's game, Porzingis's game. Uh, if we talk about the highs with Porzingis, we also have to talk about the lows, and so we'll talk about that. We may have to talk about Justin Jackson <laughs> for, for a hot second. We may have to talk about him. Uh, and then we'll give a standings update. And then we want to talk about this coronavirus thing a little bit because um, there's just so much... Information, misinformation, there's stuff going around. It's just, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of um, concrete information going around. But there was a, uh, you know, story from Woj recently that the NBA has mandated all the teams to be um, ready and prepared in case this becomes, you know, something. In case it becomes something widespread and an actual like epidemic and. Uh, threatening to the players, they would play without fans, and so we want to want to talk about that a little bit and discuss, you know, what that mean for the Mavericks and you know everybody going forward. So, all right, Isaac Harris, mm. let's get into it. So the Mavericks they lose 109 to 112. The Mavericks played terribly almost this whole game. Offensively, they were not playing well. Uh, 26 points in the first quarter, 26 points in the second quarter. Finally, picked it up in the third. Luca went on a little bit of a run, scored 32 points, uh, but that first half they just did not score well. Uh, at all, their offense wasn't wasn't going. They shot thirty six point seven percent from the floor in the first half, twenty seven point eight percent from three in the first half. Uh, it was just not looking like a good night for the Mavericks uh, overall. Um, they played Porzingis pretty well, I thought, throughout the, the yeah. whole game. Um, they had you know somebody physical on him like Sabonis or Turner, and then they were ready to send a double team over. Uh, and playing physical against Porzingis is really what throws him off. And if you play close to him, you play physical. He's not able to get his, you know, his crossover going. Not able to get his dribble moves going. Not able to get a little separation for a three point shot. Um, that kind of stuff really threw him off his rhythm. And if he can't get into a rhythm like he has, like this this tear he's been going into, like this tear and this run that he's gone on, he was able to get into a rhythm and hit a couple of shots early and hit, you know, a couple mid range shots here and there hit a couple of pick and pop shots go to work on somebody and you know cross over and drive to the rim and get a couple dunks like he did you
1: know in the game before this one uh he just wasn't able to do it in this game Yeah, you know, Rick said after the game. He said, you know, earlier in the season, Porzingis had you know a really good game against the Pacers. So they obviously game planned you know against this and said, hey, we're going to try to take him out a little bit, throw him throw him off. And you know, he mentioned that physicality that you talked about. And you know, these are mobile bigs. You know, it's not like you're playing a you know KP's matchup against somebody like a Whiteside or a Gobert or something like that, to where you know you can you know step out and you pull him away from the basket and create that separation a little bit. You know, both Turner and Sabonis can move pretty well and you know even when they're matched up you know in an iso situation that you know Porzingis has really been excelling at lately and just like a dribble crossover pull up off the dribble that he's just been in this groove and he really couldn't pull that off today and but I do want to say he he did just miss a lot of shots too there there were plenty of shots that he had that were open uh he was just missing them and that was just he was just off today shooting but you have to give Indiana credit because Sabonis is so thick and so big like he wasn't even getting past Sabonis and then Turner can move pretty well and you know he, he had a big block on you know Porzingis at the end of the game too on that contested three and uh, I just thought they played Porzingis really well but he also missed a lot of shots too that he yeah. could hit
0: yeah and he missed a lot of shots I thought because he, was, he wasn't able to get into a rhythm and when he does yeah. he's he's on and it's sort of Like the first five minutes of the game are so important for Porzingis for some reason. It's just something about how he starts is how he plays the rest of the game, (laughs) and it's just there's something weird about that. And I would would be interested to know what his thoughts were about that and getting into a rhythm because he talks a lot about you know I wasn't able to get into a rhythm or I wasn't able to get the 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 ball in the spots that I like and things like that. Um, But Porzingis not. his stats still. Nine nine points, not great. Eight rebounds, two assists, two blocks. He still had some good plays in this game, good moments. Uh, three of 17 from the field. He had three of his four free throws.
1: 0 of 5 from three. He had four turnovers. Um, he only attempted four shots in the second half because he was one of 13 at halftime. And... You know, it, but it, it's like what you said. Like he still impacted the game, even though he wasn't knocking down shots. Because even that one of those last possessions for uh, Indiana, you know, Oladipo goes for a reverse layup, and Porzingis stuffs him huge you know, block, on that on that reverse, big time play. block, and just his ability to stretch the floor, spread out the floor. Uh, he still impacts the game, even when the shots going down. Yeah, absolutely, not going down. Um, all right, coming up, let's get into the final couple
0: minutes of this game because. It was wild. <laughs> Stuff went down. Uh, the Mavericks. Well, in the third quarter, Luca went on a run. He had a four point play. Uh, they finally got a lead. It was the first lead that they took. It was in uh, the first lead they took was in the fourth quarter, but they were able to finally get this the you know, the score back to even, uh, tie it up, going down, just down two going into the fourth quarter. So coming up, let's get into the Mavericks end of the game in the fourth quarter, and we'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, Isaac when you start your hiring process, you may have questions. Will you find good applicants to choose from? What about education, experience? How will you know if you've made the right hire? Indeed is here to help you and your business. Millions of great candidates use Indeed every day to get their next job opportunity. You can post a job in just minutes and use screener questions to help create your short list of applicants fast. Also, you can add skills tests for your job posts so you can be confident that in your applicant skills. Their library over 50 aptitude tests like critical thinking. Indeed gives you the smart tools to make hiring decisions quickly. You can be confident that you're looking to make the right hire for your team. Post your job today at indeed.com slash locked on and get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting. That's indeed.com slash locked on. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Offer valid through March 31st, 2020. All right, Isaac, let's break down these final three minutes. Uh, going into the fourth quarter, um, like I said, the Mavericks were only down two. They took their first lead at nine minutes and 33 seconds. It was the bench, actually, that came in and uh, took the lead. Justin Jackson <laughs> had some pretty good moments there. Tim Hardaway Jr., DeLon Wright were hitting some threes. Tim Hardaway Jr., by the way, overall for the game, 30 points mm. on the night. Uh, he was playing like his dad was in town. Um, Man, really, he, really good he game played huge. Them.
1: It, it, I just couldn't have, like every time I see him go off in a game, I'm like, dang, we're so wrong, <laughs> we're so wrong about him. He was just he's just having I, such a good year, and I want to push back on that a little bit
0: because someone said, someone tweeted at me today, like, no one can ever slander Tim Hardaway Jr. again. Like we're gonna we're gonna say when somebody's playing badly, right? And Tim Hardaway Jr. is
1: playing badly. I'm about to go. I'm about to go in on Luca. So just heads up. <laughs> Tim Hardaway Jr. was playing badly
0: last year, right? It's not like we were all necessarily wrong about him. We were wrong about that he would never be good in the future, right? Like we were wrong to just yeah. write him off, right? The writing him off was wrong. But the fact that he was playing bad then was wrong. And we're having a similar thing with Justin Jackson right now. He's not been playing well. He's not been playing well this season. And he did have a good game in this one. So just because he has a good game doesn't, doesn't discredit all the... Bad play he yeah. had in the same way that Tim Hardaway Jr., having a great season so far, discredits all the bad, the bad games he had, you know, when he first came to Dallas and all that stuff. So uh, I wanted to push back on that. He is having a great season. I'm not going to take anything away from it, but uh, we weren't all just completely wrong about
1: <laughs> you know, True. that he was yeah. bad. Writing well, him can- off
0: was, was where we were wrong.
1: Yeah, you can be, you know, it can be right in the moment that you're just like, "Hey, he sucks right now," yeah. and if he sucks, then yeah, that's right. But it's it's a matter of, "Hey, he's going to be dead weight. That's a lot of money. It's just a dead cap number, you know, yeah, going for the wrong. season." And and he's proved way more than that. So that's been uh, that's been awesome for him. But really, the in this fourth quarter, the the turn, not really a turning point, but the the focal point that I focused on. That we looked at, it was the, the three consecutive fouls on TJ Warren. That moment, Mavericks are up by four. Luca draws three consecutive fouls on Warren, which was just incredible. And all of them are you know, like complete fouls, like T- wasn't even questioned. TJ Warren started
0: that possession with three fouls against him for the game. He ended that possession, fouled <laughs> out. <laughs> he never walked he never walked to the other end of the court. No, again. no. <laughs> That was amazing because Luca just was able to to get him to you know to jump and able to bite on all the fakes and uh, yeah it was incredible. Luca, by the way, overall for the game, thirty six points. Without that, the Mavs would not be anywhere close to being in this game. He carried them for a while. Thirty six points, ten boards, eight assists. Uh, he shot fifty percent from the floor. He missed four free throws, which is not great. Six of 10. 4 of thirteen from three. Uh, not a great percentage, but he hit four of them uh, and only three turnovers. So that was positive. Uh, he had a lot of positives, and through the first three quarters, I thought that he was playing a pretty good game. Uh, and then, you know, come the fourth quarter, there's a couple things we need to talk about.
1: Yeah, and that's what you know. After a loss like this, after clutch losses, everybody's trying to figure out like who do you blame? I'm like, do you blame the coach? Do you blame the players? Did you who should blame get fired player? slash benched <laughs> slash I don't know. ejected? All all of that stuff and. Really, if I I don't like picking one person to blame on things, but if I had to put one person that these last three, what it was, Tyler Ford, the referee. Oh, for oh my gosh, Tyler Ford, <laughs> get out of here, man. This guy, he's taking over Scott Foster's role a little bit. worse. <laughs> this is again ref. with Tyler I mean, Ford. We, this
0: is the second yes. time that we've with this referee. Uh, by the way, Tyler Ford. Mm. Referee, it was number thirty-nine, the one that Boban was getting mad at, the one that Luca was getting mad at, um, Porzingis was getting mad at him a little bit. He lives in Indiana, about an hour away from Indianapolis. So I don't know if you guys believe in conspiracies, Ooh. I don't know if you guys believe in biases, but
1: uh, I heard he had a Danny Granger jersey <laughs> under under stripes under it <laughs> under stripes shirt with a Rick Smith signed whistle. I, I'm just he was that's wearing Reggie Miller socks. Reggie, he like stretches and it's just a Reggie's face on like his cap doing the choke, <laughs> doing the choke sign. We're like,
0: no way! Uh, there it is, <clears throat> proof.
1: By the way, I, I, don't it,
0: really, I don't really believe that he has a bias, but I do believe that he did not call great calls in this game. I
1: think I did no, not he's think so. he's absolutely horrible. Yeah, absolutely horrible. Um, but anyway, um, going back to if I had to pick one person, the last three minutes of the game, I put it on Luca, and there are. Different and I'm gonna I'm gonna go through some of this stuff in a little bit, but when it when you go to the, he draws the third foul on TJ Warren, he goes to the free throw line. TJ yeah. Warren's out of the game. He splits the free throws. Dallas is up by five with 309 left in the game. You're like, dang, let's go. Like up by five. Three minutes ago basically. They come down, they get the bonus this shot. You know, this shot at the rim. It goes in. They come back down the floor, and Luca takes a Pretty bad three. Can we agree? A, a contested three on the on the right wing. Yeah. Uh, not the best decision in the world. Should have drove it. Should have drove it. Bonus, guys. <laughs> um, were they in the bonus? Indi- Indiana runs these three offensive possessions in which they score on all three of them. And each time they're doing a high ball screen. They were not in the bonus. I want to point out. Ooh, okay. Not in the bonus. So, therefore, the three is warranted. Yeah. Um P-J- Indiana right. runs this high ball screen three times. They score on all three possessions at the end of the game, the final three minutes. They run this
0: play, it's like it was like a double drag. So like Tim Hardaway Jr. is, is guarding all the depot at the top of the key. And then they send like Aaron Holiday or they send uh who is this? Whoever's Luca, Luca's man is, they're the sending Holiday, it was that. just They sent Justin Holiday first to send a screen, and then they sent Sabonis to send a screen. Whoever, So, whoever Luca was guarding, like Isaac said, this time it was Justin Holiday. Justin Holiday comes and sets a screen for Tim Hardley Jr. Then they have to switch. Luca's now guarding Oladipo. Then they send Sabonis to come and guard Luca and to set that screen. And so now it's du- two screens, so it's a double drag screen. Oladipo is now wide open. That's how he got the wide open jumper that you're going to mention, and then the one yep. where Porzingis blocks him.
1: Yeah, I mean, and yeah, Porzingis. I mean, uh, Oladipo. Both of Oladipo's jumpers were off this play. Yeah. Luca's having to, you know, chase around the screen. They're they're targeting Luca on these possessions, and this is where Luca has to get better defensively on this, to where teams don't target him on these possessions. They're not targeting Kristaps Porzingis and in trying to get a switch on Porzingis. They're targeting whoever Luca uh, is guarding on the floor, and so, you know, but the offense on the other. Tim McMahon tweeted out and saying, you know. Lucas hollering, yelling on the floor saying he wants the ball. And, you know, I get it to an extent, but he took the contested three and missed that Indiana scores. They come back down and it's kind of the, like the ball's going everywhere. He hits Maxi over in the corner and, and Maxi takes the three a little bit contested, but Lucas at the top of the key waving his arm. He obviously wanted the ball in that possession. He didn't get it. Uh, Tim Hardaway ends up missing a three pointer cause the ball goes out of bounds. Hardaway misses three pointer. Um, this is also when, yeah, so that play was, there's about two minutes and 12 seconds left.
0: Luca like hands the ball off. Tim Mardaway Jr. eventually gets it. And then he's the one that kicks over to Maxi. Tim Mardaway Jr. Then misses another shot. It goes out of bounds. Luca was screaming for the ball at that point. The maps are up one Oh nine to one Oh eight. I mean, it's not like they were down and you know, time was run down. There's two minutes left.
1: Yeah. And you know, eventually Dallas, I think this is the next possession after Indiana had scored. Um, Luca stripped by Miles Turner in the paint, and at first I thought it was a foul on Turner. I was like, man, that, there's no way he wrapped it arm around and he got that ball clean from Luca. But it is actually—I thought it was pretty clean uh, on the replay. And uh, then KP gets it uh, on the left wing over there, tries to throw it over to Maxi. This after they inbound the ball, and Luca—I th- mean KP—throws it away. It's a turnover on on Porzingis. And Porzingis had a couple of bad mistakes
0: down the stretch like this. This was one where he's so they inbound the ball. Porzingis is on the left wing. He has Sabonis on him and he picks up his dribble. And then he's just stuck in the corner. Like he dribbled to the corner, then picked up his dribble. And these are mistakes that like young players make, right? And these are the mistakes that, you know, like Porzingis hasn't been in a ton of big games. Like I don't know about his European career and I'm sure he's been in games like that. And people, I'm sure, will tweet me and let me know big games he's been in. But in the NBA, he's not been in many big games. And down the stretch this season, these are some big games for him. They're in play. They're in the playoffs. We know they're. they're you know, this game doesn't change that. Uh, but this is against a playoff team, against a team that he played really well against, and uh, a, a team that was putting a lot of attention on him. This is a big game and a big moment. And he dribbles into the corner, picks up his dribble, gets kind of stuck, uh, and then he has to throw the ball over to Maxi. Overthrows him a little bit because Turner is there, and he knows that Turner can outstretch and you know get the ball, and then eventually. He turns it over to Turner.
1: Yeah, and Indiana (laughs) comes down. Oladipo goes for the reverse. KP blocks it. Great defensive play. Dallas comes back down, and this is the possession Luca got really upset on if you see him at the top of the key in which Porzingis takes the contested three over Miles Turner, and it... Bad, you know, bad shot, you know, as far as Porzingis, but Luca's at the top of the key. You know, he, you can see in the instant replays, like his body language, he was frustrated about that. Yeah. Okay. So I have
0: this play. I want to just call it and, and just, you know, so we can walk through it. Luca's at the top of the key. He gets a screen from Tim Hardaway Jr. Tim Hardaway Jr. rolls, pops out, and both Pacers that were guarding Luca and Tim Hardaway Jr. come and double Luca. So Luca rightly makes the right play, kicks it over to Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, then. Three three pacers at the same time rush Tim Hardaway Jr., and they're all converging on him. So, Tim Hardaway Jr. drives. He rightly kicks over to Porzingis in the corner. Porzingis, the play to make at this point is to swing over to Maxi, who's wide open, and then to swing over yeah. to Luca, or just to skip Maxi and throw a skip pass to the top of the key to Luca, who's not even in the screen. You can't even see him because he's so far out on the three-point line. Porzingis had just thrown this bad pass to Maxi, right? So he may have had that in his mind too. He also has Turner on him that he may want to try and you know get by and take advantage of. Sabonis is right behind him, Uh, but instead he dribbles to the left. Six seconds left on the shot clock. Not the end of the you know, not the very end of the shot clock. Not very good shot clock awareness, I think. Uh, And he throws up this this step to the side, like not even a step back, but like step to the side three, and he gets completely blocked by Turner. Uh, and so it was another bad decision by Porzingis again. And Luca, like you said, is you can't even see him, but he's at the top of the key. And you get a glimpse of him every once in a while, like waving his arms, throwing his head up in the air. Uh, and between that, between those two plays with him getting frustrated and the referees, uh, yeah. I, I think Luca got in his head a little bit about that. About both, yeah, those situations. And, I mean,
1: he was definitely warranted when it comes to the shots that he, I mean he was getting uh, taken on him. You know, uh, the host of Locked On uh, Pacers, you know, DM'd us so and yeah, was like, you, "Hey, man, Lucas, Lucas getting you know drilled out there." And like, <laughs> "Hey, cool, I'm glad somebody else is uh, realizing that." But you know, there's an angle of that slow mo though of KP's uh, three getting blocked by Turner that shows Luca in it, and he just kind of like drops his head and his shoulders, everything. He was frustrated, he didn't get the ball, but. It's that very next play that, you know, well, Indiana comes back down. They target Luka again on the, on the on the track screen there and double screen. And Oladipo comes off. He hits the shot. They come back down. Dallas comes back down. This is the play in which Luka goes one-on-one on Sabonis. He does the, the fake. And then he goes up and makes the incredible pass to Courtney Lee before he gets clobbered by Oladipo. But here's my thing. Luka should have shot it. Lucas Luca had the the layup right there after he 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 faked Sabonis went up under Sabonis and started to go up and then he threw this which was an incredible pass this one-handed bullet pass through the through traffic over to Courtney Lee in the corner and who was wide but open he, he was wide open, but Luca had the layup right there. And I, it, at first when I watched it, I'm like, "Dang, Oladipo could have blocked that." But Oladipo, once I watched again, I don't think he could have got to that. It wasn't like Zion,
0: where Zion's like no, Zion's no.
1: armpit would have blocked that ball in the Pelicans game. And this one, Luca put the ball up. But I, I was amazed that they didn't review Oladipo's shot on Luca because I don't think you know Oladipo's a you know a, a dirty player or anything. But Luca lands. Oladipo lands and then like shoulder arm extends up into Lucas like face. And they, they didn't even review that because then they reviewed Oladipo getting fouled by Courtney Lee and all that stuff. And, and then I don't even have a thing for the last possession. I think Luca could have got a better shot than what he did, but I just thought Indiana defended both of his threes uh, really well. At the buzzer. I
0: just think he kind of did the opposite of what he did in that other play. Right. Where he just, he basically just ISO and he's like, I'm getting the ball. I'm taking the shot. Where yeah. when he kicked the pass over to Lee, he was like, "I'm going to make the right play, right, on that yeah. one." But they had to get a three, and I mean, you put the ball in Luca's hands.
1: Yeah, and it was just uh, the buzzer sound sounded. I'm like, "Dang, how did we lose that game?" And I just oh, went by, back oh, and oh, by I
0: five with three minutes left.
1: I know, and that, that's the type of stuff. And that's when you look at him, be like, Luca, as our superstar. I need you to hit both of those free throws on that TJ one six foul. I need you to take that shot there in the paint after you fake Sabonis out and you have that layup. I need you to be better defensively. So yeah. the, those three possessions in which the Pacers scored on three back, you know, not back-to-back instead of the older people block, but those three possessions they scored, they're targeting you on defense. I need you to be better on that end. So that's why, I, you know, KP had some decisions there that you know definitely he wishes he could have back probably. but um it was, yeah. I hated this loss for for Dallas tonight, and I don't look. You know, some people tweet at me said, "Hey, the bench numbers as far as uh, you know, Indiana. Um, what they have points um, 20 I'm trying to look at the bench numbers. Do you have them in front of you? I do not. I feel like uh, um, I think it was I think it was twenty five to thirteen as far well, as they had Justin
0: uh, Holiday wow. with fourteen, and they had TJ McConnell with twelve, who was just. TJ McConnell was just getting into the paint, which he does. He's he's very crafty. He's like JJ Barea in a way, where he's crafty, he can get in the lane and finish. But he was just getting, he was driving at any point that he wanted to. Uh, and then they had uh, Jakar Sampson and Edmund Sumner with five and six points. So that's that's a pretty good amount of points coming off the bench for them.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, reminder that Seth Curry was out, Dorian Finney-Smith, you know, was out in this game. Brunson's still out. Yeah, Brunson's still out. Isaac I mean, Dwight Powell is still out. You guys, Dwight Powell is definitely Navis still out. PR wants Isaac to know that Dwight Powell is still out. Dwight, <laughs> Dwight Powell's out. <laughs> uh, Justin oh, Jackson, MKG bench. was out too. He was. Sick. Yes, he was yes. Sick. MKG was out. Uh, Justin Jackson, eleven points. He led all bench scores. Five assists. Uh, he, was, he was the only. He was the only other Maverick outside of Hardaway and Luca in double-digit scoring. Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought? Not, Not us. me. Not us. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they should have won this this game tonight. It was frustrating. Absolutely.
0: All right, coming up. Let's talk about this game a little bit more, and then we want to talk about the coronavirus and talk about what it could mean for uh, NBA teams and potentially the Mavericks. All right, Isaac. Um, any other thoughts about this game? Uh, Justin Jackson, we mentioned briefly, <laughs> that he actually played a pretty good game. Uh, I clowned Harp at the beginning of the game because he was doing a breakdown of the Mavs bench, and he said Justin Jackson doesn't play all the time, but every time he does, he he contributes. And I was like, Are we sure? Are we are <laughs> sure about that? And then he came in this game and actually did contribute and played pretty well. I thought uh, we got some Willie Cauley Stein minutes in this game: five points, three boards, in just under ten minutes.
1: Um, I thought he's I thought he's played decent over the past couple of games. Yeah, well, when you get him in a pick and There's roll, that's moments.
0: that's the thing. They finally got him going in a pick and roll. And uh, he's yeah. able to finish a little bit here and there. Um, he kept getting fouled though, and he just—he's <laughs> not
1: uh, gonna hit free throws, and so that was tough. We barely just, saw JJ, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, not too much. Uh, him and TJ McConnell going at it against
0: each other. Um, it's another game where we saw a playoff rotation, right? We saw you know Tim Hardaway Jr. play almost 39 minutes, uh, Luca played 36 minutes, Porzingis played 38 minutes. And then the bench, you didn't see anybody besides DeLon Wright and Justin Jackson play any more than, uh, like, ten minutes.
1: Yeah, and, you know, on Indiana's side, this is another thing that makes it frustrating is I looked at him I'm like, dang, like, this is a, a chance for us to get a win over – I think when this team's fully healthy, I really like this team – and yeah. you know they didn't have Doug, they didn't have Doug McDermott they didn't have you know Jeremy his ACL he's out for the year and all that stuff but Malcolm Brogdon you know recently got hurt yeah. he wasn't playing this game Depot still doesn't look like completely no. himself and you know they didn't have anybody just completely go off I mean Sabonis had twenty points and seventeen boards but that, I mean, that's what
0: Indiana t- does though Indiana like breaks you down and Indiana hits you know they just they make these right plays and they. Uh, you know they just kind of wear you down with their bigs and they just sabonis makes just the right play the right play the right play the right play and eventually that's just going to win out
1: yeah people who say sabonis is not an all-star i just don't you know you must not watch pacers game or something because he's such a good he's a good player man and he's just a smart player and i just i enjoy watching him play basketball yeah
0: twenty points, seventeen boards, six assists what a great <laughs> great yeah. game uh all right there you go. That's the game. Mavericks lose. Uh, well, standings update. Right now, the Mavericks are still seventh. They're thirty nine and twenty six, playing just about six hundred basketball, which is great for them. Uh, Memphis is thirty two and thirty two. So the Mavericks are. Uh, they have a six and a half game um, lead over them. Right? Six and a half? seven and a half. Six and a half. Six and a half game lead over them. They're game behind Houston for the sixth seed. Houston drops down after losing to Orlando. OKC got a big win over uh, Boston. So Dallas is a game and a half behind OKC. And they're uh, one game behind Houston, so they're still bunched right up in there. I mean, anything could happen. There's
1: a bunch of games left, and so
0: uh, they
1: still got two. I guess they still got two games against Houston, you know, down this final what 18 games of the season. So those two games against the Rockets, yeah, you know, it's already a rival and everything with that. It's going to mean even more uh, for for that matchup too. And you know, they got the Spurs coming up on Tuesday, uh, then then the Nuggets and yeah. you know the Suns on Saturday, but. Then uh, they're only three games
0: behind Utah for the fourth seed. I mean, it's still that's still all really close right there. I mean, three games is a lot right now, but uh, you know, a couple games here and there, and then all of a sudden you're you're right in it.
1: Yeah, this Denver game on Wednesday is gonna be a little tough for them this week. It's the second night of a back to back. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's back at home. You know, you're playing in San Antonio on Tuesday, come back home that night, play Denver the very next day, and you know, this Denver team's, you know, fighting for the two seed in the West too. So uh, that'll be a tough one for him on Wednesday. Also, I should
0: mention I am broadcasting both of these games, the back to back, the Denver and the um, the San Antonio game on Hot Mike. So if you want to watch the game with me, download the Hot Mike app, mm. use the code NickVanExit. Isaac may make an appearance. We'll have to see if we can make that happen. Uh, I was going to say, should I hop on this thing? If we do some kind of fourth quarter blowout theater, maybe we'll do it live. We'll do it live. Maybe we'll do, do that. Do it live. Um, so go follow me. Uh, use my code NickVanExit. I get paid every time you use my code. Um, and every, every time somebody follows me, I get paid. So, uh, please use that. And then if you share my stream as well, while I'm, while you're watching, if you share my stream, I get paid for that too. So I would appreciate that. So watch the game uh-huh. with me. Uh will use back to backs. All right, let's
1: talk quickly about this coronavirus thing. Cause I do think that we're at 28 minutes, Nick, you're going <laughs> to cut me off in a minute and a half. Uh, let, let's just I, talk about tomorrow. Oh, well we, well, no, we talked about it the whole time. I mean, okay, let's, let's spend 30 seconds on it. We'll, this we'll, sucks. We'll talk, <laughs> we'll talk a couple, we'll talk a couple minutes. We'll okay. go over a little bit Um.
0: This is fascinating because the nBA has sent out a mandate that says teams need to be prepared to play without fans because of this this outbreak uh, and it, this is worldwide like this is happening all over the world, like the u n has stopped you know meetings about things uh all these countries you know Japan like shut down schools there's just so many things that's happening, uh, and it's finally now potentially going to touch you know the nBA
1: yeah I've been fascinated by this um. Just yeah, everything. I mean, I think everybody, uh, really, in the world, you're listening to this, you're following the coronavirus stuff and how it's how it could affect you. I just went to the grocery this morning uh, to buy stuff, and I sent Nick a picture of the toilet paper aisle, and I'm like, why? Why is people buying toilet paper? Yeah, and uh, it was same same
0: here. There's like 20 packs left, and Walmart has like a whole aisle full of toilet paper, and there's 20 packs left.
1: (laughs) So uh, what what are you guys doing? But we're just going to focus on the sport aspect of it in NBA side. And, you know, a lot of stuff's been thrown out. We're mentioning now because on Monday, uh, while you're, you know, the day you listen to this, they're, they're supposed to have this league wide conference call. And they're probably going to go over all of this protocol stuff of what it could look like in, in the near future. And the idea of, you know, even LeBron James after one of those games the other day said, you know, I'm not going to play if there's no fans. And uh, <laughs> I think he might cha- change that stance a little bit, uh, but it that part's just fascinating. The fact that there's so many moving parts in that of what that would look like. Uh, one of the things on Twitter, you know, came about was the whole like. Them talking about limiting media, and this might happen before they do like arena stuff, limiting media access to the players and shutting off the locker room stuff. And it's funny when you see, you know, stuff on Twitter of people who that doesn't impact their job that they have hot takes about that and like they don't need to be in the locker rooms anyway. So
0: it's so weird that people go in there and watch other people change, like which. That doesn't really happen like, all that often.
1: <laughs> we could spend ten minutes on that whole the whole, that whole conversation, but yeah. there's so much stuff that happens in locker rooms as far as relationships being yes. built. I've had some of the best conversations with players, you know, setting after game sitting with Harrison Barnes till eleven thirty at his locker talking about life and everything. There's it's just so much stuff that you were the best you know, man yeah. in Nerland's
0: wedding because of your relationship with <laughs> <thing, man. laughs>
1: Uh, like that's when locker room stuff happened because a lot of reporters, a lot of people, they don't have these personal relationships with players and stuff. I mean, they're yeah, just players over the years. There's like two, you know, like a handful of players that actually like talk to outside of like basketball, whatever. But some of these guys, especially like beat writers stuff, that's their full-time job. They're there every single day. That drastically affects their job of writing stories and getting, getting us content, like everybody and fans and stuff. So, uh, Definitely need locker room access. I've been laughing at people's takes about uh, how it wouldn't be a big deal about that, but I think one of the things with this, and it goes with everything, people just don't like the the feeling of the unknown. Yeah. People don't like feeling. People don't like the I don't know. Like we just don't know. Like even when Nick and I were briefly talking about, it, like, hey, let's talk about this. Like, what what are we going to really talk about? There's nothing set in stone that goes for everything outside of sports. Like there, everybody has this man. I just don't know. Everybody's just waiting to see how this plays out. And you got people. I mean, I got people, I'm sure a lot of listeners feel the same way that you, you have people in your life. that are like, this is all media driven. It's overblown. It's all this stuff. And then I got people on the whole, whole complete other side. That's like hunkering down, supplying their bunkers that they have. And it's like, the world's going to end and it's like where's the middle ground you just have to accept right now in life it's just I don't know we don't have answers we just got to see how this thing plays out and that goes for sports it goes for everything and it sometimes not having control over something that really freaks people out and this is where we're at right now that we just don't have control over this and we got to see how this plays out in the NBA of we might see games on TV with no people you know in the stands and you know, they've already taken, you know, the Whataburger line, I think, you know, away from the Mavericks, and, you know, fans can't you know, do that. There's different, you know, Kimball Walker said he's going to carry around his own marker and sign <laughs> things. CJ McCollum you know, said he's not going to do, you know, autograph stuff right now. There's just, there's so many things being, you know, changed right now, and rightfully so, but we just got to play this thing out and see what happens.
0: Yeah, everyone's just trying to see if this is going to become a thing. If this is going to become a real, you know, huge problem and right now it's affecting you know certain areas uh it's affecting certain types of people it's affecting elderly people mostly um and for for everybody that's scared of the unknown like which you know <laughs> a lot of people are i feel like uh if you don't have something that you can put your faith or your trust in if you have, if you're just out there and you're like man i don't have um something that i can you know believe in something i put trust in uh i would encourage you to dm Isaac or myself uh, and just talk because that's a very hopeless feeling and that can be a really scary feeling, especially if you're by yourself, you don't have anybody to talk to. Um, This has become our big thing that we, you know, if anybody's out there and you feel alone that our DMS are open on Twitter, you can message us.
1: Uh, And we've both had conversations with like a lot of people from this podcast that have DM'd us and like, hey, man, from I'm lonely, I'm having low moments right now. This is what's going on in my life. There's been so many conversations. I went back and forth with people about this stuff. So, hey, anytime you DM us, we're all about that, man. Sports is fun. We do this podcast. It's fun. but. Uh, there's so much b- more bigger things in life. And right now, that, yeah, it's like what you said, a, a hopeless feeling. And sometimes getting anxiety about this stuff, it, it, it will freak you out. You know, to, so yeah. uh, fi- finding things that you know is there. There's a lot of things we don't know, but relying on the things that you do know, that, that a lot of times that, that will comfort you through these times. We'll be here. We'll be here on the Lockdown Mavericks podcast. <sighs> we'll be here. You know <laughs> what? It's not affecting podcasting right now. So, uh, yeah, we're several hundred miles away so we're okay <laughs> <laughs> that's two of alright
0: there you go we'll be back the Mavericks again they play a back to back coming up um, they play Tuesday night against the Spurs in San Antonio and then they play against the Nuggets I will be broadcasting both of those games on Hot Mic so if you want to watch with me uh, definitely download the Hot Mic app and put in my code. Uh, and everybody, right now, if you're listening to this pod, tell your smart device after this pod ends to listen to the most recent episode of Hollinger and Duncan. It's a fascinating pod. John Hollinger gives you some good insight, uh, Nate Duncan gives you some good cap information. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. I didn't say peace out. Why? Boom.